This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. This is Season 5, Episode 17, and today is an Ask Me Anything episode. You've been submitting your questions through email and through DMs on Instagram, and today is the day that I'm going to answer almost all of your questions. I got some really, really good ones out there. And I'm also going to announce that this is the last episode of season five. This has been our longest season. I think that this has been my favorite topic of carnivore so far, but I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break. It might be for just a couple of weeks or possibly a month, and then I will be back for season six. And season six is going to be on a different topic. It's not going to be all focused on carnivore, and I cannot wait. A lot of what I'm going to be doing this next few weeks and this next month is going to be getting ready and starting my homeschool course called Eat Well, Feel Great. So you can all just be thinking about me teaching some teenagers about health and nutrition, and I'm so excited for that. So I will kind of take you along that journey in the next season. But let's jump into today's questions. So first question comes from Lisa Snyder Integrative Healing on Instagram. And she asked, or she said, I don't like liver, so curious about the organs as part of the program. And when she says part of the program, I'm assuming that she means as part of carnivore. So guess what? I don't like liver either. I have tried making beef liver and it is completely unappealing to me. I've tried uh, grinding it and then mixing it with ground beef and I can get it down, but it's very unpleasant and I don't like it. I do like turkey and chicken liver pate and you can find an amazing recipe for chicken or turkey liver pate from Vanessa Spina and I believe she's at Ketogenic Girl on Instagram. So that's actually really good, but you have to be able to tolerate garlic and herbs and I think onions and a lot of other stuff, which I'm not really doing right now, but in the past I've loved that. The good news is that you do not have to eat organs or liver to be a carnivore. I know of a number of carnivores who've been eating this way for a decade or even longer and they don't eat organs at all, and they're thriving, and they're doing really, really well. I know of other carnivores who didn't feel good long-term on carnivore unless they incorporated organs. I know that I feel better when I have organs in my diet as well. So it doesn't mean that everybody has to eat organs or nobody has to eat organs. I would suggest you just start out with carnivore or with an animal-based diet without the organs if you don't like the idea of them. And try it for, you know, a month, six months, a year, two years. And if you start feeling worse, then try incorporating organs and see if it helps you feel better. Sometimes your taste for organs or your craving for them will actually increase the longer that you do carnivore. So, Just because you don't like the idea of them right now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to like the idea of them later. 
Another tip is to not start with liver. I find heart and kidneys and tongue, like beef tongue, aren't so bad. I actually really like beef tongue. I cook it in the crock pot and it's super easy and you can find a recipe pretty much anywhere but all you do is cook it in the crock pot and then you have to pull off this outside layer and then it's, you shred up, shred up the meat and it's just like having shredded beef. It's a little different but I think it's delicious. And then I've had chicken and turkey hearts and beef hearts I think and kidneys and they're all fine. They're not my favorite food in the world but they're definitely way better than liver. So you might want to start there. And then if none of that is going to work for you, you could try having some organ supplements, some desiccated organs. So I've used Heart, Heart and Soil brand, that's Paul Saladino's brand, and I've also used Ancestral Supplements, and I like both. So feel free to try those out. They have a lot of varieties. They have bottles where you just get liver. They have combinations of different beef organs. They have a lot of really fascinating information on their websites, so go ahead and check that out if you like. But remember that eating organs is not required, but it might help you feel better, or it might not. It's something that you'll just have to experience. Another person who I don't have their name said or asked, do I miss veggies? And the big answer is no. I don't miss vegetables at all, which is so surprising to me because in the past, before I went animal-based, animal I absolutely loved vegetables, and vegetables were my favorite foods, and I didn't really care about meat. I ate it at every meal, but it wasn't my favorite part of the meal. It wasn't something I really was that into. I didn't really crave it, but I loved, you know, sautéed Brussels sprouts in butter or roasted broccoli or even steamed broccoli was one of my favorite foods, salads, all of those things, cauliflower. You know, I was just really into vegetables. And years ago, I used to promote in my nutrition classes that people actually should try to get in eight to 10 cups of vegetables a day. And it makes me laugh because I think back to that time and I was literally doing that and I was so miserable. I was so bloated. My belly was a lot bigger than it is now, mostly with bloating and constipation. I had gas and I had a hiatal hernia, and I just had so many problems that now I don't suffer from those things at all, and I don't miss the vegetables. Now, I'm sure that if I ate a vegetable, I would love the way it tastes, but it's not something that I crave. It's not something I'm willing to eat while I'm still healing, and it's just, nope, I don't miss them. Okay, next question. Tamara Winkler asked, can you tell me the brand of smoked oysters that you eat and where you get them? I'd like to try them, but all the brands I can find are packed in cottonseed oil. Great question and great, you know, thought to look at the label and check the ingredients because yes, a lot of these canned fish and plenty of other foods are packed in bad, unhealthy, damaged fats and oils that you don't want. So the smoked oysters that I buy are from Thrive Market, and I buy the Crown Prince Smoked Oysters in Olive Oil brand, and I love them. I think they taste great. They're wonderful for traveling or for eating when you can't cook something. 
So check it out at Thrive Market. Next question from Trent Parks. Oh, this is a good one. I've found meat only can get prohibitively expensive for a family. Any cost savings tips? Well, first of all, I have a little bit of trouble answering this question because expensive is a relative term and I have perhaps a different perspective on that. I find that even if my grocery bill would be higher on a healthy diet versus an unhealthy diet, my medical bills are at pretty much zero. I never go to the doctor. I don't have prescriptions. I don't go to the hospital. I don't have chronic disease. I don't need help really with any of that. But I do put 100% focus on eating a super, super healthy, clean diet with high quality animal foods. And I do take supplements that some people would say are expensive. So what is expensive? I guess, you know, that's a relative term. I also don't go out to eat almost ever. And I don't buy any prepackaged foods. I don't buy processed foods. I don't drink soda. I'm not you know, stopping at Starbucks. So a lot of that cost goes way, way, way down. However, buying lots and lots of grass-fed beef and true, you know, heritage pigs and free-range chickens or even forested chickens, all of that, it, it is more expensive than, you know, buying, I don't know, some cheap man-made fake food. So, Yes, it can be more expensive. So what I would suggest is that you buy a whole cow or half, if that's all you can fit, or a whole hog or a whole lamb directly from a farmer. You'll need to get an extra freezer if you don't have one, but that freezer is going to be something that you'll use for probably the rest of your life. Having an extra freezer has made all the difference in my quality of life. And when you buy a whole cow or a half cow or whatever, these whole animals directly from the farmer, they knock the price per pound way down. For example, I just bought a ton of beef directly from a farmer for $5 a pound, and that might seem expensive, but it was 100% grass-fed beef, and right now at the grocery store, the grass-fed beef is over $8 a pound, and that's just for ground beef at the store. You know, other cuts of steaks and whatnot are way higher, like sometimes $19.99 a pound. So definitely go directly to a farmer. Whether you want grass-fed or corn-finished, whatever you want, buy directly from the farmer. And the good news is you're going to be supporting the farm so much more than if you go to the grocery store anyways. You could also choose less expensive animal foods. So you could choose ground beef instead of steaks. You could choose eggs or you could choose whole chickens instead of chicken wings. A lot of that is going to be less expensive. Don't go out to eat. You know, buying meat from a restaurant is always going to be double, triple, or even four times or more as expensive as making it yourself. And then you don't need to buy any fancy carnivore snacks or jerkies. You can make a lot of that stuff on your own or just skip it and eat more simply. And remember, you also don't need to buy organ supplements. Sometimes people think those are required and they are expensive for a lot of people. So don't use those if you are on a budget. So I hope that those tips were helpful, but seriously, I wish that everybody out there would be buying directly from farmers and buying in bulk because you save hundreds of dollars. Okay, next question. Oops, I dropped my sheet. Here it is. Jendi Mo on Instagram. 
how to start carnivore, what steps do you take, what to expect when starting, and if not intending to eat organ meats, how do you know if you're getting enough nutrients? Great. Well, I'm actually going to start with that last question because we've been talking about organs so much. So if not intending to eat organ meats, how do you know if you're getting enough nutrients? Well, sometimes you don't know, and sometimes it's best to go based off of how you're feeling. So if you switch to an animal-based diet, and whether you're eating organ meats or not, if you feel better and you feel fantastic and your health is improving and you're getting results, then you probably have enough nutrients. You're probably doing great. But if you're going downhill and you have more problems than before or you're exhausted or you're, you know, your sex drive is gone, you're losing your hair, you're grumpy, you have acne and bad skin or you're gaining weight or you're moody, maybe you're not getting enough nutrients and maybe you really need to um, either change your diet or add in some organs. I'm not a big fan of doing a lot of nutrient testing because most of the time it's not even accurate. Like for example, if you do a blood test and you test for serum magnesium levels, that's just not a useful test at all. It's just garbage. Your magnesium isn't going to just be sitting in your blood waiting to be tested. So what what's sitting there isn't even going to be an a accurate picture of the magnesium you have in your body. And there are other ways to test for nutrients and it can get to be very expensive and it can be a lot of different types of tests you need to take and even with that it's not even always super super accurate. So if you're going to be testing something I would suggest you get a vitamin D test and make sure that you're at least at 50 or even between 50 and 80 for your vitamin D test Another thing to test, and this isn't nutrients, but you could test your triglycerides and make sure that those are down near 60. Best way to lower your triglycerides is to cut out sugar and carbs and bad fats. Um, Those would be some really beneficial tests. Also, a fasting insulin level would be amazing if everybody could get that done. That's going to be indicating whether you are diabetic or pre-diabetic or not. And your fasting insulin level should be between 2 and 5. So I know that those aren't necessarily nutrient tests. But I'm not really that big of a fan of getting nutrient testing done all the time. I have three sample packs of LMNT electrolytes to give out to the next three people who write a review for the show. LMNT is an amazing electrolyte product. It's a powder. They have tons of amazing flavors like watermelon, lemon habanero, raspberry, chocolate. I love them all. And you just mix the powder up with water or put it in a shake, put the chocolate in your coffee, whatever you want to do. Drink that down and it gives you great electrolyte benefits. Since doing carnivore, I've noticed that I get really thirsty sometimes and water is just not doing the trick and since I've added in the element the electrolytes I felt so much better I'm less thirsty especially at night when I'm sleeping I don't have to get up and have water I feel more energy and I just feel so much better even if I only have a half a packet it's amazing so if you would like to get a free sample pack you get a whole mixture of different flavors all for free all you have to do is write a review for this show and then take a screenshot of the review before you hit submit send that screen 
screenshot to info at projectketopodcast.com. And then the first three people who do this are going to get their sample pack mailed right to them. You can submit your review for the podcast right after you take that screenshot and email it in. It's just that if you hit submit, it kind of disappears into like the world of nothingness for a couple of days while your review is being approved. And then it'll come out and we can all see it. So don't forget to send in your reviews and hopefully you are going to be the next winner. Okay, Jen D. Moe's other questions. How to start carnivore and what steps do you take? What to expect when starting? Great questions. So to start carnivore, it's quite simple. You just simply only eat animal foods. Whatever animal foods you like, what you can find at the store, what you are willing to pay for, what sounds good to you. So that would be anything from meat, eggs, cheese, broth, those kinds of foods. And then you just get going, eat as much of that as you desire, eat when you want. And for some people, that's literally all you have to do. For other people, once you get adapted to that and you're liking it, you're getting used to it, you need to start switching it up a bit. For a lot of people, it's really important to remove dairy if you want to lose weight or clear up acne or have less inflammation or bloating, or they just need to simply switch to raw grass-fed dairy. That can be extremely helpful for a lot of people. Um, Some people find that they're still sensitive to certain types of meats or they're sensitive to eating too much fat. So there's a lot of fine-tuning that comes you know, maybe for the next year or two on carnivore to really fine tune what you're going to be doing if this is going to be long term. But remember, just to get started, it's not complicated. You just eat all the animal foods that you want and that's your starting point. And then you cut out all of the non-animal foods. What to expect when starting? So that was the last question of Jen D. Moe. Uh, What to expect? Well, a lot of things. Everybody's really, really different. Um, You might expect that it is going to be really hard for a couple of weeks. You might have sugar cravings. You might have carb cravings. You might have cravings for crunchy food. Or you might just be feeling like you're getting sick of meat and you can't even eat it anymore. But for pretty much everybody, that passes. If you just continue to push through it and try to really go for the carnivore foods that you crave and that you like and just stick with that, even if it means you have to eat bacon all the time, you'll get through that adaptation phase. Other people might expect that they are going to just love it and immediately they find that this is the diet for them and they love it so much and they feel amazing. Other people might expect to have some digestive changes. So for me, diarrhea was quite an issue for a while until I figured out that eating too much fat and specifically too much rendered fat causes me to have diarrhea and bloating. Then I changed that and now I don't have a diarrhea problem. Other people might get constipation. But I firmly believe that a lot of those things work themselves out once you continue to fine-tune carnivore. Sometimes cutting out dairy and cutting out eggs can be really helpful if you are experiencing constipation or diarrhea or bloating. Those are common food sensitivities for people and can be triggers. Also, if you are getting constipated, you might just want to take some extra magnesium citrate or some other kind of 
good quality supplements that help your colon to be able to go poop a little bit better and you might be able to taper off all of that eventually. But I find that most people err on the side of diarrhea over constipation. You might also expect to be really, really tired if you're used to eating carbs all the time or sugar all the time and now you go straight into carnivore. You might just feel exhausted or fatigued or have a lot of adaptation troubles. So it's not always necessary or a good idea to just jump straight into carnivore if you have started on a standard American diet or you're used to eating bread and pasta and pancakes and muffins and sugar and a lot of carbs all the time. So if that's you, you might want to start out with keto or start out with one carnivore meal a day and then, you know, work yourself up to full carnivore if that's something that you think you want to do. So I hope that was helpful. That was just some of the things to expect when you are starting out. You might also expect your sleep to improve or your sleep to get worse. A lot of people have worse sleep if they're not eating enough fat or if they're fasting too much while doing carnivore. So just remember that it's not a one-size-fits-all. There's a lot of fine-tuning that needs to happen once you get going, but the best place to start is just to eat all the animal meat that you like and that you want when you want it, and then you fine-tune from there. Next question is from Sue Ross. Why would somebody do a detox? Isn't that what the liver is for? Great question. Yeah, so of course, yeah, your liver is there to help your body to detoxify. However, unfortunately, we are living in a world full of toxins. So, you know, a hundred years ago or even longer than that, people didn't really need to do detox because we didn't have all of the following chemicals in our environment. We didn't have scents. We didn't have all these medications that are we're actually taking on purpose or they're actually in the water now. We didn't have nonstick pans. We didn't eat out of plastic. We didn't have chemicals in our beauty products. We didn't have pesticides and glyphosate sprayed all over everything. We didn't have people spraying in the air for mosquitoes. We didn't have people spraying the sun to try and cover it up. We didn't have chemicals in our food. We didn't have dyes in our food. We didn't have all kinds of things. We didn't have scented laundry detergent and dryer sheets and scents that are actually designed to stick onto you and onto your clothes and onto surfaces for extended periods of time. We didn't have birth control that's now in the water for everybody to consume. So a lot of those chemicals and toxins are causing people's bodies to completely fall apart. We are completely bombarded with them, and unfortunately, our livers cannot keep up. So the good news is that you can avoid most of that stuff. Um, The bad news is that some of it you can't avoid, like the glyphosate that's just sprayed on these farms, and then it goes into the water, it goes through the air over onto the organic farms. Um, Sometimes we just can't avoid every single toxin. Like, you know, you can't avoid... Flame retardants sometimes. Every single car is going to have flame retardants on the seats. Every time you go somewhere and you sit on a couch, it's going to have flame retardants. So you can buy flame retardant-free furniture for your own house, but it's going to be pretty much everywhere else you go. So what do we do? 
well, we can find ways to assist the liver in detox. You can also find ways to open up your own body's pathways of elimination. Because when you consume toxins, your body wants to get that out. But if it can't get it out, it's just going to get stored in the body. Because it's too dangerous to have it just floating around in the bloodstream, waiting and waiting for a way to detoxify it out. So instead of having it be a dangerous situation where the toxin is just exposed in the bloodstream, your body will take it, store it somewhere like a fat cell, where it will be more safe for you, but it will also make you more fat, more sick, more puffy, have more brain fog, have more diseases, all kinds of problems. So the first step is to open up all of your pathways of elimination. So that would be your breath. Breathing is actually a way to eliminate toxins. So making sure that you're having deep breathing every day. The colon, pooping, is another pathway of elimination, making sure that you're not getting constipated. Pooping is so important for eliminating toxins out. Peeing, so drinking plenty of nice filtered water so that you're peeing a lot. And then your skin, skin brushing, like you get one of those kind of like horsehair brushes and you brush your skin. You could just look up skin brushing if you don't know what that is. Do that every day and that helps to remove the toxins and let your skin be an organ of elimination. And sweating also through the skin is a way to eliminate. So if you can open up all your pathways of elimination, that will help your liver to be able to detoxify just on its own more naturally. But most of us need more help than that. So you may have to work with somebody and do an actual detox protocol. And that could be done through supplements. It could be done through detox shakes. It could be done just by simply eliminating toxins out of your home and your lifestyle. There are about a million different ways that people do detoxes. So um, you just have to find somebody you can work with on that. But you have to be honest and know that we can't just rely on our handy little livers to take care of toxins anymore because of the world that we are living in now. So it's a little bit sad, but the good news is that we can help our bodies through this. So those are all of the questions for today. That was so much fun to just do kind of a, you know, random question episode And before we close out this episode, I have something kind of fun to share. I got a brand new air fryer last night. So I'm so excited about this because I've been wanting an air fryer for so long, for years. But I always see that air fryers have nonstick coating on the inside or they have plastic on the inside or they get really hot. And like that would be an example of super toxic thing. If you're heating your food on something that's nonstick or that's plastic, that's going to be leaching tons of chemicals into the food and then you eat that and there's no way I'm doing that. So I finally found a Cuisinart air fryer that is stainless steel on the inside And last night, I cooked a big, huge ribeye steak in it. I posted about this on Instagram, and a lot of you um, probably saw that, but it was so good. I am not very good at making steak, and more than half the time when I make steak on the stove, it comes out really chewy, and I just cannot get it right. 
And this is why I've been wanting an air fryer because people say they put their steak in the air fryer and it's like a magic box and it always comes out perfect. And it was literally delicious and amazing and probably one of the best steaks I ever made. So I'm so pumped to use it to make all different kinds of animal foods and meats and delicious things. And you can stay tuned about that over on Instagram if you like to follow along. And my handle over there is at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. So we are getting ready to close out our last episode of season five. This has been so much fun. We've had some really great interviews, really great topics. And you can look forward to me coming back for season six with more focus on keto and less focus on carnivore, but I'm sure it will still come up because I'm sure that that's what I will still be doing. So thank you all for sticking with me through season five, and I will see you over in season six. Bye.